That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. What's the strongest magnet you can think of? Certainly not something like a refrigerator magnet or the Earth's field. You probably think of something like a junkyard magnet or maybe a magnetic resonance imaging machine, MRI, right? These are the kind of things that are very strong magnets. Well, not the strongest magnet. A lab in China has now set the world record for the most powerful steady magnetic field in the world. Steady is important because it is possible to create much stronger magnetic fields, but they tend to destroy the equipment or are unstable in some other way. The Steady High Magnetic Field Facility in Hefei, China, recorded a field strength of 45.22 Tesla on August 12th from its high-powered hybrid magnet. Now, I know you don't know what a Tesla is, neither did I, so I looked these things up. And it is worth noting that Tesla as a unit has replaced an older series of systems that are used to measure much weaker forces, the kind that we were more familiar with before some of the modern technology came along. So, for example... The surface of the Earth has about five ten thousandths of a Tesla of magnetic pull. Doesn't seem like very much. That's why when you're building your home compass and trying to figure out which way to orient the cork and to have the needle on there, right? it's not that big of a deal. It takes something relatively fragile in order to make a compass because the magnetic field's not that strong. Strong enough to tell the geese where to fly, but nowhere near strong enough to yank your belt buckle off of you, for example. A typical refrigerator magnet is somewhere around five one-thousandths of a Tesla. An MRI, for example, is about one to one and a half Tesla, which is also about the strength of a junkyard electromagnet, you know, the kind that's going to pick up the car. And so now you kind of grasp the significance of the 45.22 Tesla measurement that they just achieved. It's maybe 40 to 50 times stronger than a junkyard magnet. Now, the highest magnetic field strength that was ever created was actually 1,200 Tesla in 2018, but it was not a stable field. They could not sustain it. Now, these kind of magnets use extraordinarily advanced technology. They have to generally invent things in order to make this work, combine strategies of how to produce magnetic fields, and then hope the whole thing works in the end. And just to give you a sense that you're not going to be doing this kind of experimentation in your home, the temperatures at which the superconductors need to be kept in order to make these kinds of magnetic field work are 1.5 degrees Kelvin. That's negative 456 degrees Fahrenheit. Almost absolute zero. But for me, what I really want to know is, can these magnets make my cartoon childhood come to life? You know, for example, will it actually pull a nail out of the wood? Will it stop Wiley e. Coyote from chasing Roadrunner? Or will it take the predatory dog who's running along the I-beam chasing the kitty in that Looney Tunes episode, and when he stumbles over a bucket, will it send him up to the top of the I-beam with magnetic force? Those are the measurements that matter to me. And the short answer is, I don't know, because they don't measure them in those kinds of units. Sadly. And now to Australia, where a small town has been completely overrun by kangaroos. Maroom, which is about 150 miles north of Brisbane, has been occupied by so many kangaroos that the residents, there are only about 220, 
have to carry sticks around as weapons whenever they leave the home. Many of them say they're afraid to walk around town in case they're attacked. As one person told ABC News in Australia, there are too many to count. They're constantly hopping around the park in between caravans, and I've been wanting to go fishing of an afternoon, but I won't do that just in case a kangaroo gets me. And you say, but wait a minute. I know kangaroos aren't that big of a deal. I've seen Winnie the Pooh. I know that they're fine. In fact, the first response of Piglet and Tigger and Pooh to seeing Kanga and Roo was fear, but that was unfounded. Roo, Roo dear? Here I am, Mama. <laughs> it's an invasion. <laughs> you think they're fish? Oh, my friends, I think that we've all been had that the kangaroo propaganda machine has placed in your mind the picture of the peace-loving, gentle Kanga, and the reality is nothing like she showed. Ah, don't eat me! Oh, why, you must be Piglet. I'm Kanga, and somewhere around here is Baby Roo. <laughs> I think Piglet's instincts were right because the fear of being attacked by kangaroos is all too real and based in reality. In late July, a 67-year-old woman was attacked by not even a male, but a female, a mother kangaroo and maroon, leaving her with a broken femur and lots of scratches and bite marks. On any given day, they count more than 60 to 80 within the town itself and in the local forest surrounding there that wouldn't support that many kangaroos normally. But I will tell you, even though this exposes the dark underside of the propaganda that Disney's been sending us all these years, there is a bit of blame to go around, because apparently the locals have been feeding the kangaroos, and if any of you know anything about wildlife, the truth is that when you start feeding them is when you create the problems. And that's true whether it's bears or gators, or in this case kangaroos, because not only do you disrupt their normal habits of feeding, but you cultivate the expectation. And what happens when a kangaroo doesn't get the food it wants? It gets angry. Now, it is true that kangaroo attacks, though horrific and ferocious, are not typically all that deadly. There's only ever been one known case of a human being killed by a kangaroo. But still, I think I'm going to pass on taking the sort of advice being dispensed by the local government. The Fraser Coast Regional Council's website advises residents of Maroon that if they are attacked by a kangaroo, they should protect their head and face with their arms or roll into a ball to avoid being scratched. Oh, no, thank you. I'll take the club, please. And finally, from the sometimes the internet gives you really cool stuff file, I give you the USA Mullet Championships. No, this is not the throwing of a mullet as happens down in the floor of Bama every year. Yes, that's a real thing, by the way. I'm talking about the haircut. You know, business in the front, party in the back. The kind of thing that Joe Dirt or Billy Ray Cyrus or Danny McBride or Blake Shelton or Patrick Swayze. I mean, come on. If Patrick Swayze can wear it, it's got to be cool. This is the haircut that was very popular for a time in the 80s and 90s, and ever since has kind of been waiting for its moment to recover, along with Kid Rock. Well, that moment may have arrived as the United States Mullet Championships have been underway in Michigan, an annual event which has now grown to over a thousand contestants, including, and this is the best part, 25 children. That's right, young boys from 15 different states are listed as finalists on the official website offered up to the internet as contestants that they can vote on to select the winner of what will eventually be a $2,500 grand prize. Now, in case you think that this is some weird form of child abuse, oh no, you've got to see the pictures. These kids are cooler than I ever was in my best short, long, and tight roll. You can, of course, see the pictures at Newsweek.com, but I'll describe a couple of them for you. 
You've got Landry with short on top, long in back. Okay, fine. But on the sides of his head, you have an American flag carved meticulously in what I can only describe as razor bass relief. Then you've got Epic from La Jolla, Texas, who, well, let's say if Corey Feldman had been blessed with hair like Tina Turner, it still wouldn't be as cool as Epic's. And you've got William from Ohio, who definitely looks like an early version of John Crook. And Rustin from Pocahontas, Arkansas, is that Joe Exotic and yesterday Jojo Siwa have nothing on him. And yes, ever since Miley Cyrus brought the mullet to 2019, we've had people like Demi Lovato, Zendaya, Billie Eilish, Kesha, and even Rihanna jumping on the train. So will this now widely circulated and sometimes mocked celebration in Michigan bring a resurgence to the classic hairstyle? We can only be so lucky. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Before you go, hit the five-star rating, or I'll make you look at pictures of me in a rat tail. I promise they exist. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.